and uh, appreciate those that look after the kids week after week. Um, amen. Praise God. Well, it's that time of the year when we hear lots of carols and decorations and all those kinds of things happening. I really pray that the presence of God decorates our life. Um, I mentioned to somebody this morning, I'm getting a holy discontent for the way things are. And I'm believing God that things are going to be much different into this brand new year should he tarry. I'm believing God for an outpouring of his Holy Spirit on our next generation. I'm believing that God's going to raise up some mighty powerful leaders and we're going to be standing in amazement the anointing of God in this next generation. Not that he doesn't anoint us, but there's something coming. There's something coming. This morning I want to share with you, and uh, actually if you are interested in these fire extinguishers, they're around the corner through the double doors and right behind the double doors uh, in the other foyer. And uh, just see Gwen or somebody there if you want to make that that contribution, whatever. Um, <clears throat> Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, I want to share with you this morning, when your dreams become a nightmare. When your dreams become a nightmare. Matthew 1.18 says, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She'll give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Father, this morning, as we're reminded once again, the amazing account of your son, Coming to earth, born of a virgin, for a purpose. As we look at these scriptures, we ask that your Holy Spirit would help each one of us, because we've all experienced what we're going to talk about this morning, and probably will again. May the truths that we find in this account be beneficial to us, help us, encourage us, strengthen us, And set us once again with our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Help us as we share this morning. Enable us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever experienced when 
your dreams became a nightmare and you found yourself in the starring role, there you were. I think we all have. And maybe at the time we've all asked the question, why, as we've looked at the shattered remains of our plans and our dreams. I want us to look this morning at a better alternative than asking why. And I want us to look at the example of a man that we find in this passage scripture that we've read. A man by the name of Joseph, as he saw all of his dreams fall into a million pieces at his feet. What happened in his life is worthy of note this morning because it may help you and me when our dreams are shattered, when our dream becomes a nightmare. Joseph had this shattered dream. Remember when you were dating? Some of us, it was a long time ago. Way back and your heart was fluttering and your eyeballs were, you know, just flashing and your heart was pounding and all those kind of emotions that you were going through and and, you know, you proposed and you set a date and all the excitement of, you know, this great brand new love and relationship and what you're going to look forward to. And you can imagine Joseph going through the very same things that every other couple have gone through. They were betrothed to be married. It was like the engagement period. It was, it was a done deal. And as he's thinking about all this, and he's kind of getting excited, and Mary the same. And there's this excitement. Verse 18 says, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she's found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. They're betrothed to one another. It was an ancient Hebrew engagement period. It was as binding as marriage. I'm sure they were excited about their future together as a husband, making plans and all kinds of things happening. And and the Bible says that this took place before they came together. I'm sure they were both counting the days until they could be together and live together as husband and wife and start a family. And all of a sudden during this period, both the bride and groom, they were to keep themselves physically pure for the other spouse, something that is not quite as prevalent today. They were to keep themselves pure, but it was during this time that Joseph discovered that his bride is pregnant. I'm sure it was a source of great embarrassment both to Mary and Joseph as well as to their prospective families. Respective families. It seemed that all the dreams that Joseph had for the future were now shattered by this devastating news. The dreams of everything happening as per normal and per tradition and in their custom. But isn't this how life is at times? We make our plans for the future and we set things up just the way we want them to be. And then some event or other takes place and we see our hopes, our plans, our dreams fall down all around us. And when these things happen, it breaks our heart. Because it's unexpected and it's not even, it's something that isn't wanted. However, like Joseph, we're often blind to the fact that God is at work 
behind the scenes. In fact, we may not want to admit it, but it was God who shattered Joseph's dream. That's a big pill to put down sometimes in life. It may be hard to understand, but it's still how things work. God still allows some things to shatter some of our dreams. The Bible is clear on this matter. Our God works his will in our lives in ways we cannot even begin to comprehend. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God's plans for us are rarely exactly what we would plan for ourselves. I mean, just read the story of Job in Job chapter 1 and Job chapter 10 when all of his kids are wiped out and his belongings are wiped out and devastation. But God's plans are always the best, even when they hurt us deeply. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things... God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Now, I'm sure none of us, myself included, get too excited about things that I've said thus far, reminded of those devastating times in our life. But 2 Corinthians 4.15 says, All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. We may not like it when God allows our dreams to be shattered and our hopes kind of gone in the wind, but when everything had been said and done, we will see that God's plan was the perfect plan all along. Remember back in the Old Testament, young Joseph and his brothers, and he's got these dreams and shares the dreams with his brothers. And you talk about a guy whose dreams were shattered and became nightmare. His path led him from the place of prominence in his father's house, through a pit, into Potiphar's house, through a prison. But in the end, he would be in a place of power, And it never would have happened if God had not first shattered his dreams. Thinking of Mary and Joseph, there's a sobering reflection in verse 19. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. There's something about the character of Joseph that is revealed in the trials of life. And I think the same thing happens in all of us. Who you really are comes out under pressure. The real you surfaces, you know, when you're driving down Crowchild or Stoney or QA, and somebody cuts in front of you, the real you comes out as you say, God bless you. (laughs) Go right ahead and cut me off. Or something happens in life, or some investment goes south, or 
something else happens and you start to wring your hands and, and get all uptight and your shirt in a knot. The real you. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, Scripture says. We all make plans for the future and set things up just the way we want them to be and, and something happens and boom. But Joseph's character is revealed. In the midst of this most difficult of situations, Joseph's true self is revealed. We're told that he was a just man. Simply means he was, a, he was blameless under the law and he walked by faith in God. He was a man of God before those events befelled him and what he was in his heart comes to the surface in these trials. The times when life goes wrong from our perspective is the time when we can see our true self. For what we are in the worst of times is what we really are in our hearts. Job chapter 1 verse 20. At this Job gets up, tears his robe and shaves his head. He falls to the ground in worship and says, Naked I came from my mother's womb. Naked I will depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all this Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. Wow. He just got news that his kids were killed in, in a house collapsing, building collapsing and he gets this news, and, and this is his response. Sometimes, you know, we're t- we tend to think that some of the people mentioned in Scripture are these superheroes. They're just kind of, they're a cut above all of us. We just could never be like that. But I want to tell you, these are normal, average, everyday human beings. They don't have any access to more faith than we have or super strength or other than Samson had a little bit extra, but we have Popeye. But anyway, you know, but every one of them were just normal human beings. Job, the same. And he gets this news. He gets up, tears his robe, shaves his head, falls to the ground in worship and says, naked I came, naked I'm going to go doesn't charge God with any wrongdoing. What Job was in his trouble revealed what had always been in his heart. It's incredible. And that's what God knew about him before the calamities came because he said in Job 1.8, the Lord says to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He's blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Now, friends, anyone can rejoice when life is good, and you've just heard that you got highest dividends paid on your investment that you've ever received. And we're all just, praise God, yes. Or things are going well, and you just got a raise, or you just got a job, or, you know, whatever. You didn't win the lottery because you don't buy tickets. But, you know, anyway, you know, things are just going well, and you're so excited, and But I'll tell you, it takes a consecrated life to shout when life fails and falls all to pieces. How you respond toward God in a time of crisis reveals the depths of your commitment to God and to his will. 
And so Joseph's character is revealed in all of this. He's thinking, okay, what should, you know, what should I do? How should I uh, conduct myself? And, and what should I, how should I deal with this situation? Because he's got different choices. When it boils down to the bottom line, Joseph has three choices. He can publicly humiliate Mary because of what could be perceived as her immorality. And that choice could possibly lead to, depending on where they were in fulfilling the Old Testament law, could uh, end up in her death. You can read about that in Deuteronomy chapter 22. Or he can divorce her quietly, which he was thinking about, and just walk away from her, leaving her to raise the child in shame and poverty. Or he can marry her and raise the child as if it was his own. The last option would rarely have been chosen by a Jewish man. To Joseph, none of the choices were appealing. But he had to choose one of them. And often life presents us with choices that are less than appealing to our human nature. Our duty in those times is to listen to the voice of God and seek to do the one thing that he wants us to do in our own situation. We've talked numerous times from this pulpit from the time we went through the Hearing God seminar, through different messages that Pastor Roger has preached, and today in the very end we're going to have a listening prayer where we need to learn to practice to listen to the voice of God. Because sometimes there's choices and we don't know what to do. Through all this and the choices that Joseph made, his compassion is really revealed. His decision is to react toward Mary in compassion. It was not an easy decision to reach because he was thinking, you know, well, maybe I should just, you know, quietly just divorce her and walk out of the scene. It wasn't an easy decision for him to reach, but it was a decision that was in the best interest of Mary. And instead of making a public example out of her, perhaps even bringing about her death, Joseph decides to deal with her in a quiet manner, even though he could think that she was unfaithful to him, he still loves her, and he wants to do the right thing by her. It says a lot about Joseph. I've already said how we respond in the time of crisis reveals a great deal about the depth of our walk with God, and how we respond to those who have hurt us is also an indicator of the depth of our spiritual walk. If we can learn anything from the example of Joseph, it is that we should never let the hurt that others inflict upon us cause us to retaliate in an effort to hurt them in return. It's been said, seems to be true, that hurting people hurt people. And so sometimes out of our pain and our hurt and our anguish, we retaliate, but that's not to be our response as children of God. We need to deal with those around us who hurt us in compassion. In fact, the Lord Jesus told us to go further than that. He said that if we were to forgive those that offended us without reservation, no strings attached. And you can read about how Jesus talked about that in Matthew 18, Luke 17. Paul talked about it in Ephesians chapter 4. Where our response is to be one of compassion. Our response is to be one of forgiveness. Oftentimes when people get bitter, and it's been said, you've probably heard it before, that a bitter person 
is like taking arsenic, hoping it's going to kill your enemy. Bitterness and unforgiveness and those kind of hurtful things are really only hurting you. Your enemy, quote unquote, is enjoying life. Having a great time in life. And there we sit. All stewed up. Over something that happened. Where we have the ability. To forgive. And let it go. I didn't say forget. Forgive. I think over time God helps to dull the pain of the hurt. The memory. And sometimes we're going to have to forgive over and over every day. Over and over. Week after week. Month after month. I choose to forgive. Forgiveness like love is a choice. And we need to choose to do that. Joseph had to choose to forgive and overlook. Not under, maybe not understand totally. Now I'm sure he had the angel come and, and reveal to him the whole purpose and thing. And, and I'm sure that would shake him up. I'm sure that would bring some credibility to what Mary was already saying. Joseph, we find, has a declaration in his life that is full of faith. Notice verse 20. After he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Now he was considering just quietly, you know, getting off the scene. Joseph, son of David. Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. I find it quite interesting to notice here that... God did not send Joseph the answer for direction he was looking for until after he'd reached a decision on his own. Sometimes I think God will allow us to exhaust all of our human reasoning before he gives us divine insight into the situation that we're facing in life. We are not robots. We are human beings with feelings, emotions, Ideas, thoughts, plans. Not saying that all of our decisions are right all the time. Because Joseph's wasn't going to be right. He was just going to quietly walk off the scene. And that's kind of where he was heading until God intervened with this angel. And here was the declaration to Joseph of divine providence. As these thoughts were troubling the mind of Joseph... The Lord sends an angel to speak to him in a dream, and the angel brings Joseph a word of explanation, a word of exaltation, and a word of exhilaration. And Joseph was made to understand the origin the child his bride was carrying, and he was made to understand that this dream of his that had turned into a nightmare in his heart and mind was really a miraculous work of God. He may have considered it a nightmare, but it really was a miraculous work of God. The best thing that we can ever learn to do is to simply trust God to bring the best into our lives day after day after day. Even when our dreams are shattered, 
Our hopes are dashed to pieces on the jagged rocks of reality. We need to trust the truth that our Father, our Heavenly Father, is still in control and He'll take care of His kids. Despite what you and I may think at times, God knows what is best for me and for you. You ever question God? Hello? Just a thought. Really? This is really you? I was hoping... So for the next 10 minutes, we're all going to share our shattered dreams. Quietly. Without making a sound. To him. And we're not going to take 10 minutes, but... Every one of us in this room have shattered dreams. What we thought was going to be the path of life or the things that we had planned and perceived and gone through. Somehow it didn't work. Somehow it didn't happen the way we envisioned it was going to happen, the way we were so convinced that it was going to happen. We can look at some of our shattered dreams and looking back now in 2020 and we can see how with those ones, yeah, God knew what he was doing. But the one I'm in right now, mm, don't know if I'm quite there yet. It was divine providence. God is still in charge With Joseph and the angel coming, it was a declaration of divine provision. Joseph is given details of a miracle that much of the world still hasn't grasped. God entered this world through the womb of a Jewish virgin. Joseph is told that Mary will have a son, that his son is to be named Jesus. He's also told that his son is going to be the savior of the Jews. And that's quite a revelation. In a nutshell, Joseph is made aware that this child is no ordinary baby. He is, in fact, the Son of God. His name will reflect that because the name Jesus means Jehovah is salvation. His life is going to reflect this because he's going to be responsible for the salvation of the lost. And he'll accomplish this through his death on the cross, his resurrection from the dead, his ascension back into heaven. And surely Joseph doesn't know all the details about this miracle child His bride carries in her womb, but he knows enough to be sure the child is a divine provision for the sins of the world. That part he's told. Friends, I pray we would never forget that it's from the wreckage of our greatest hurts that God often builds for us the greatest of blessings. Just because the way is dark, do not stop holding to his hand. He may lead you through some desolate place. Notice I said he may lead you, hasn't left you. You can count on his provision to be sufficient for the need of the hour. And there's many scriptures we could look in that. It was a declaration of divine providence. It was a declaration of divine provision. It's also the angel's message was a declaration of divine presentations. Joseph has shown 
that the child Mary carries in her womb is none other than the deliverer whom the world has waited on since man sinned in the garden. They've been waiting for this deliverer. Joseph, that which your nation's been waiting for is now going to be present inside the womb of your wife. This baby will be the fulfillment of all the prophecies of the Old Testament. He's to be the end of the law. He's going to be the fulfillment of prophecy. He's far more than that. He's to be God in human flesh. Joseph is allowed to see that his hurt, his anger, his disappointment, his confusion were necessary to bring about the greatest miracle the world has ever known. Ever. God becoming flesh and entering the world to die as a man. When your dreams are shattered and your plans are derailed and your hopes are all destroyed, remember that while it may look bleak from our perspective, God is working out his perfect will in your life and in mine. When from our natural vision, it looks like everything's... We used to be able to say gone to pot, now we can't say that. Down the tube or whatever we can say. I don't know what we can say anymore. We can walk confidently with our hand held safely in his grasp, even when we cannot see the way or understand the why. He's going to bring us to a place where it all makes sense someday. Which day, I'm not sure. That's how God operates. Our duty to him is to walk with him humbly by faith until he brings us to the place where he has already placed our provision. He's already placed your provision. And he's going to bring you to the place of provision. If we'll just trust him. Everything we need, Scripture says, he's provided. See, while we are toiling here, On this planet, he's already gone into tomorrow and arranged our path, supplied our need, and lifted our burden. Therefore, just walk one step at a time and you'll arrive at the place where the questions are answered, your needs are met in his time. Like the song we sing, in his time. He makes all things beautiful in his time. Something like that. In his time. I wish I could say that all the shattered dreams that you're experiencing or the shattered dreams you're experiencing right now, when you walk out this door, it's all going to be changed. Now, some of it may be changed as as we once again focus on him, knowing that our responsibility is just to walk with him and to trust him. Because his plans are bigger than ours. Walk with him humbly by faith. One step at a time. Joseph, the story of Joseph and Mary, verse 24 says, When Joseph awoke, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name 
Jesus. When God spoke to Joseph, and here's where it gets practical again for us, I think, is when God spoke to Joseph and he wakes up, Joseph's reaction was swift, was quick. You know, sometimes when we sense God telling us to do something, if we don't respond right away, we begin to rationalize. Oh, I'm not sure, no. Did God really say that? And then pretty soon it's all dulled. Now we don't know what to do. There's times when I think we just need to, God said it, that settled it, we're going to do it. Joseph had a quick reaction. As soon as he understands what is happening in his life, he reacts in faith. He goes, takes Mary into his home, and his heart is his wife. It's a response of pure faith. He still doesn't know how things are going to work out, but he knows that God is working, and that's enough. That's enough for him. His decision must have shocked the whole community. Perhaps people assumed that Joseph and Mary had not been able to wait for the wedding. I don't know what they assumed or the time frame. But he was willing to bear any shame of Mary's pregnancy because he knew it was the work of God. True faith does not shrink from the call of God just because somebody else doesn't understand. We've heard many stories of people kids and young people growing up and one day they sense God asking them to go and do something and they may share it with their friends or maybe even as adults you share it with friends and people say what? you're going to do what? they don't understand and maybe some people didn't understand Joseph but true faith hears the voice of the Lord and simply does as they're told Joseph had a quick reaction not only that he had a qualified restraint Joseph may have taken Mary into his home, but he refrains from having any sexual relations with her. He respects the plan of God and knows that she's to be a virgin when Jesus is born. Now, guys, that'd be a toughie. You've got this beautiful Jewish girl, and you've been longing for the wedding night. We won't get much more descriptive than that this morning, but been longing for that. And he refrains totally because she's to be a virgin when the baby is born. Restraint. It's a response of faith. Instead of demanding what was rightfully his as her husband, he willingly lays aside his rights so that the will of God might be accomplished. Friends, sometimes we have to be willing to lay down our rights for the cause of Christ. Well, I've got a right to be angry. Oh, really, do you? I've got a right to plan revenge. Oh, really, do you? I've got a right to withhold forgiveness. Oh, really? Don't you know? And I've heard it so often. Well, you don't understand what this person, you don't understand what my spouse did. You don't understand what my neighbor did. You don't understand what my dad did, my mom did. You don't understand. I don't have to understand. I just have to tell you what God's word says to do. Which sometimes is beyond understanding, and that's why we live by faith. Every one of us have been hurt. I asked you, you've been hurt? Everyone, we've been hurt. 
Maybe some of you were hurt yesterday. Maybe some were hurt on the way here. I don't know. We've all been hurt. Joseph was hurt. Can you imagine the news as it hits his heart and spirit and his mind? His, his whole plans are, are dynamited up. But he lays aside his rights. True faith willingly sets aside its own desires to do the will of God. Often God calls on our li- God's call on our lives will be hard to accept, hard to do. But faith doesn't seek the easier road. Faith knows that God has already surveyed the way and knows where he wants his servants to go. Faith says, as the, as the prophet said, here am I, send me. Faith. I've shared it before, 45, uh, 40, 45 and a half years ago. When I left my soon-to-be bride and drove from the Okanagan to Watson Lake Yukon for our first church. Those were the most miserable and exciting months of my life. We didn't have texting then. Now, Marilyn's at home today not feeling well, so I'm going to tell you this. She probably won't go on the website and listen to this, but she might. I used to write to her daily. And I wrote, I wanted to be creative. I wrote, and she still has these letters, on a roll of toilet paper. (laughs) When I'm done, I tear it off and send it and start again. Crazy, right? Man, I missed her. It was lonely. It was exciting, sensing the call of God, and yet, um, and then to bring her, our honeymoon was the trip there, almost killed her. Exhaust pipe fell off, and I wondered why she was falling asleep. Fumes were coming in the car, went down a hill, no brakes, pulled the emergency, it was like putting your hand out the window. I mean, we made it. Still together. Sometimes you make decisions in your life, maybe it's to live somewhere or move somewhere or take a job somewhere or whatever, and you don't understand it, but you're sensing it's what God wants you to do. And so you step out in faith and do it. Or maybe it's to refuse a certain job or promotion or whatever. And others want, why would you? And you're just sensing God's call. And so some things you give up and you strain or you restrain from. And Joseph had this quiet resolve. He waits patiently until Mary gives birth to her son. No doubt he cared for the expectant mother as best he could. We've all seen the Christmas pageant things, you know, and she's riding on the donkey, he's walking, and, and you know, and he's looking for a place for her. I'm sure he was a, a great husband looking after this expectant mom. And when the time comes and the baby's born, Joseph did the job of the father. He names the boy Jesus. Now Mary already knew too that it was going to be Jesus, but naming the child was the responsibility of the father. And Joseph is saying he's willing to embrace the plan of God for his life, even though he doesn't fully understand it. He's willing to raise the child as his own, even though he knows the baby is not really his biological son. It's like he's a surrogate father. Like, it almost sounds blasphemous to say that 
He accepts responsibility. And he's saying, I had my life all planned. Mary and I were going to be married. We're going to do life together for many years. We're going to have lots of kids. We're going to be very happy. And then I find out she's pregnant. I know the baby isn't mine. I didn't know whose it was. I was hurt. All my plans, all my dreams are shattered. And then God showed me that he had a better plan for my life. And he called me to be the surrogate human father to the Messiah. What I thought was a great tragedy was in fact the greatest blessing of my life. What a transformation in the life and heart of Joseph. If we don't get anything from this message as I wrap it up this morning, please get this. What you and I think is the worst thing that has ever happened to you will often turn out to be the greatest blessing. I think the difference between those who experience God's best in the tragedies of life and those who do not all comes down to simple faith. Simple faith. Some people simply will not trust God for anything. And as a result, they're always defeated, never able to rise above their circumstances. Others trust him knowing that he knows best. And those kinds of people experience his best even in the midst of difficult moments of life, the most difficult imaginable. On New Year's Eve, I want to share with you the thing that I'm sensing for the next year. And I'm excited about it. And I think that some of the trials and tribulations and things that we've gone through as a congregation is a setup. It's a God-ordained setup for 2018. I'm so excited, I could split my britches. I don't know if you can say that in church. but it's, It's like there's something bubbling inside there's something beginning to stir and many of you are sensing it that God is on the move and all the things that we've gone through is a setup we can't look at the past the naughty things that have happened we have to God you're forming us you're transforming us you're renewing us and you're getting us ready for your blessing I feel like my skin's gone dark I know it's, my wife tells me, Roy, don't shout so much. But she's not here this morning. (laughs) Oh, Lord, help us. Friends, I think every one of us here want to experience God's best. And there's a process And there's a responsibility that we have. Have you ever had a dream turn into a nightmare before your very eyes? We all have it one time or another. Most of us will probably face it again before life is through with us. But I want to ask us this question. When your dreams turn into nightmares, what are you doing about it? Some people try to fix it. Now, men are kind of born with this idea when their wife comes to them with a situation or a circumstance, we got to fix it. Guys, she doesn't want you to fix it. She just wants you to listen and shut up. Not fix it. Now, in the process, there may be a way to bring resolution, but initially... 
And we want to fix it. It's like the tap's leaking. Okay, we fix it. The cupboard's hanging. Okay, we fix it. You know, somebody said this to me, so we want to fix it. And if you have a dream that's gone to a nightmare, our initial response, how can I fix this? Friend, it won't work. You'll only make it worse. Now, some people, rather than try to fix it, they just quit. That won't work either, because whether you participate or not, have you noticed? Life goes on. It just goes on. Others become angry with God or their fellow man and try to make others pay for their own hurt. And that attitude's no good either. The only person you really hurt then is yourself. And of course, there's precious few who are able to take the pieces of their broken dreams, lay them at the feet of Jesus and say, in that prayer that's on your, in your bulletin, Lord, I don't understand why this has happened to me. I never wanted this, but it's happened nonetheless. I'm here before you now to ask for your help. Even though I cannot see it, I know that you have something better for me than I had planned for myself. Please give me grace to believe it and faith to see it. And then, listen. Because God wants to speak to us in the midst of our... I don't know if he's going to send an angel like he did to Joseph and Mary. I don't know if he's going to highlight some scripture. I don't know if he's going to send a, a text from a friend or a scripture verse or a comment. I don't know if he's going to supernaturally just plant something in your own spirit. I don't know how he's going to do it. But he will do it. Because he's in charge. He's in charge. What kind of a person are you? What are you doing with your broken dreams? I invite you to bring your life to Jesus, mess and all. Let him have it. Let him do with it that which he wants to do. He has something better planned for you. And the only way to receive it is to react to him in faith. Doesn't need buckets of it. Just needs faith. The size of a grain of mustard seed. That's all it needs. If your dreams are lying as shattered pieces around you right now, they've turned into a nightmare, I want to encourage you. Bring them to Jesus. Just bring them to Jesus. And let him turn them into a source of glory and rejoicing and blessing because your worst nightmare is going to soon be your greatest blessing. Regardless of what has become of your life, you can bring it to Jesus and he'll change you. Regardless of how you might think you've messed up, you haven't believed, you haven't trusted, da-da-da-da-da-da, the enemy wants to place on you, I'll tell you, when you come to Jesus, it all starts over. All starts over. And the past is the past and the new is exciting. Do we always understand it? No. Every one of us could take a turn here this morning and share our shattered dreams that have turned into nightmares in the past. And that would really be depressing. We could share some of the dreams that we've had and they became nightmares and how God turned that around for a blessing. 
And we may do some of that on New Year's Eve. Because that's a great way to kick into the new year. Faith rising, even as the songs are rising in the morning. Faith rising in our heart, believing God, that some of those things that happened in the past are indeed going to be the greatest blessings of our life in the new year. You know, my prayer is, God, I want to see it. I want to be like Moses who just stood on the mountain and he saw it from a distance. I want to see it, experience it, feel it, be in it, be a part of it. Whatever that means. And I know you do. Shattered dreams that are turned into nightmares for you. I want to give you an opportunity, worship team, will you come? To lay them at the feet of Jesus. And we sang that song, that last song we sang, Pastor Roger. Great song. We can't do life by ourselves. We need a life that's surrendered to Christ. And we need a life that is full of his Holy Spirit. can't do without them. We can't fix our broken dreams. All we can do is bring them to him. Here I am, Lord. Can't fix it on my own. But I'm going to trust you, and from this day on, I'm walking every day by faith, and I'm believing that what became a nightmare is going to be my greatest blessing. And you're going to get the most glory I'm going to be the recipient of a lot of excitement and everything else. But Lord, you're going to get the glory because I'm going to trust you. Let's stand together and Pastor Roger's going to lead us in this song. Oh, what a day. What a beautiful name it is.